0: Everything old is new again. Almost two years into the COVID-19 pandemic, and once again, testing is an issue. Hard to find the at-home ones. Hard to find an appointment at a site. How did we get here? How did we never get this right? For this conversation, we caught up with Jennifer Colker. She is an Associate Dean for Practice and External Relations at the Dornsife School of Public Health at Drexel University. Interesting conversation. Give a listen. So it's really interesting to me... COVID-19 testing. I feel like this is something that has been a, a rock in our shoes since the pandemic began. I remember right off the top, all those CDC tests were, weren't useful. And here we are almost two years later and we're seeing long testing lines. We Did we ever quite get this right? Yeah, it's
1: a little deja vu all over again, right? Um, No, I think we never did really get it right. I mean, and you can argue we were taken by surprise at the beginning, and then there were a lot of missteps, obviously. Uh, We had more missteps here than a lot of other countries um, in terms of what tests were approved and problems and all of that. But the fact that we didn't learn from that and got ourselves so caught unaware this time is, is pretty embarrassing and pretty awful.
0: Yeah cuz it's really something I remember thinking when this first started you rolled your eyes at the news that these tests the CDC tests or whatever weren't any good but I'm like you know what beginning of a pandemic everybody's finding their way I kind of figured you know what a year into this though every household's going to have like seven of these by the front door and it's just going to be part of life where you take one of these and That never really happened. Was it crazy to think that, or did we get so focused on the vaccines we thought that that would be our off ramp and we wouldn't need this anymore, or is it just kind of a gray area that we fell into?
1: I I think it's a little bit of all three. I think, I mean, I think a few things. Uh, My sister in law visited from the United Kingdom back in June. And she'd come off the she'd been in New York for a couple of days. And I picked her up at the Amtrak and she said, you know, can we just stop at the CVS? I want to grab a covid test because I just I felt a little congested since I got off the plane. And I thought, really, you can get covid tests at CVS? I had no idea because nobody did them. And she's from the UK where they get, you know, covid tests in the mail from the NHS, a week supply every week. And we you're right. We just never we never did that. And I do think that we kind of got ourselves very focused on the vaccine and a one and done off ramp. Let's just figure this out. And we kind of moved off the testing piece, especially once we started coming out of that big surge following the, you know, the initial surge. And then when things started coming down in the spring or summer of 2020,
0: can you break down the best tests we have right now? I mean, there are the tests you can get at home uh, the tests you you go to a testing site for, but when what are we dealing with? What are the ones that in a perfect world we should strive to take if we're if we're feeling symptomatic or if we just want to be sure?
1: Yeah, problem is there's a lot of different perfect worlds, right? So you know the gold standard is still that lab based PCR test, the kind where you go whether it's to your. You know, drugstore or a healthcare setting, and they swab your nose and it runs through a lab. That's the most accurate, that's going to give you the most likelihood of a test, even if you're at the early, early days of infection. But you got to go somewhere to do that, and you have to wait for the results. And depending on what's happening with systems, you know, when when cases were low, you could get a turnaround time from a CVS PCR, probably in 24 to 48 hours. I think that's now slowed down a lot just because of lab capacity. You know, the rapid tests are imperfect, but they are a great point in time of they're not going to catch everything, but they can give you an idea if you are positive, and especially right now where you can't get an appointment for a PCR easily, they're at least a, oh, gee, there's that pink line. I better stay in my room. So I think ideally we want to have both. I think we want to give people the ability to do a test at home if they're not feeling well, if they know they've been exposed if they're entering some high risk setting and they want to do some serial testing, you know, a couple tests over a couple days, but then you always still need to have these PCRs to, you know, to either validate or to catch people at different times in their, in their infection.
0: The, the ones you send out to the lab, I obviously, I I see what you're saying, but you mentioned the slowdown. Uh, If it gets to three, four, five days till you get a result, Are they serving any purpose?
1: I mean, they're serving a purpose. I think right now, especially given Omicron and what we're looking at right now, if you're not feeling well and not feeling well enough that you went to get yourself a PCR test, just stay home. Assume you have it. I mean, I think that's the bottom line. Right. Nobody should be running around breathing on people while they're waiting for the results of a PCR. So if you are, if either because of an exposure or because of symptoms, you've got enough of a concern that you have COVID that you went to get a PCR, then you should really be either isolating or quarantining or being really vigilant with masking while you're waiting for those results.
0: Have we gotten it right with the at-home tests? And they were, they're difficult to find, if not near impossible in some areas. But even when you do find them, I paid $50 for a box of for two boxes of two tests each. Mm-hmm. I have the means to be able to do that. A lot of people don't. That It kind of seems gross in a way that capitalism is getting in the way of this and we're paying that much for tests in a pandemic where, you know, the mantra has been if you're sick, stay home, but you're going to have to pay out the nose to find out if you're sick in the first place and there's no appointments available in your neighborhood. I, I we were making it much more difficult than it has to be.
1: Yeah. Well, it is gross, but you know what? Our healthcare system is gross. I mean, you know, it's to expect that we would have this equitably based, egalitarian, open access approach to the pandemic when our healthcare system has never done that for anything is like, that's who we are. So sure. You live in the UK and you get free tests every week. They also have a national healthcare system. So, you know, COVID, what we're seeing now in many respects is simply an extension of our existing healthcare system and our existing starving of our public health infrastructure. It's we're not we're behaving beautifully American, right? We're doing everything the way we have always done it, which is really bad.
0: Are there lessons being learned? I mean, I'm sure in your circles there are discussions that we're not getting this right and how do we address it, but- do you have any confidence that whenever the next thing comes up that's similar to this, whatever it looks like, that we, from a testing standpoint, will we be better?
1: I hope so. You know, I remain hopeful. Um, some people around me are not. I remain hopeful on a few things. I think that while I would not have wanted it to have rolled out this way, the gross inequities that we've seen with COVID, I think, have really shown how those gross inequities have plagued us for. Our entire life as a country. So I'm hopeful that we are we've really seen that and we'll be addressing that in terms of healthcare and healthcare delivery moving into the future. I am hopeful that we've learned things about testing, the need for better ability to test, for creation of tests, for rolling out and authorizing tests, the links between the FDA and the CDC. The link between testing and treatment, there were just a bunch of papers that were put out yesterday in JAMA, Um, one of them, Tom Frieden, and a bunch of other public health experts, one talking about the need to link testing to treatment. If we're going to develop these great treatments, which is sort of the next great thing, well, how do you get them? if you find out that you're home and you've got COVID, what's the mechanism then from then saying to your doctor, I just tested positive. How do I get this new pill that can help keep me from getting very sick? So the linkages from testing to treatment is also going to be something we're going to have to learn. So I, I always remain hopeful. Um, because if not what heck, I wouldn't be doing what I do.
0: <laughs> I'm just curious from a testing standpoint, uh, Has Omicron been a wild card or the tests we've been using were able to, to deal with that variant? I don't, I mean, and I come from this having no idea how this works, but does the Omicron make it more difficult?
1: It's unclear. I mean, I think there's still research going. It seems that on the PCRs, it's picking it up. There are some, there's been a lot of discussion. I mean, you know, I could spend my days on Twitter. Um, There's been some discussion about whether or not just a nasal picks it up or because it replicates more quickly in the throat and the mouth that maybe a throat or saliva test would be better whether or not the Rapids are picking it up as well. Some people, there's a whole big thing about taking the nasal swab and using it to swab your throat because maybe that's more accurate. I, you know, I think we don't know. It's certainly picking up plenty because plenty of people with Omicron are getting ra- are getting positives on the rapid test. So I don't think we'll know quite yet until there's sort of the PCR versus the rapid and then there's the nasal versus throat or saliva. So I I think we'll probably learn a lot more in the coming months, but you know, it's hard to learn while you're doing. So the best we can do is kind of do what we think works and study it and adjust as we go.
0: That's it for this episode of KYW news radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.